Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at nm.org slash better. Dean Richards Sunday morning with our weekly visit with the greatest, Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer Northwestern's Central DuPage Hospital. Dr. Most, good morning, my friend. Good morning, Dean. How are you? Doing very well on this beautiful morning. Andy Major uh, suffering a little bit uh, today. He's got some kind of a sinus infection, sounding very much like uh, Brenda Vaccaro. <laughs> what do you prescribe for Andy, Andy Mazur? You know, it's a good question, Dean, because a lot of people are getting these now. They're getting these uh, infections that we haven't seen for a long time because of our uh, mitigation factors. And actually, a lot of these start out just as sinus infections that are viral in nature. So... As long as it runs its course, you know, in three, five, six, seven days, that's great. Yeah. But if he starts to get a fever and the drainage starts to get green, it may now mm. change from a viral to a bacterial infection. Uh-huh. So certainly, Andy should check in. Yeah, he's, uh, I don't know where he went. He's not at his microphone <laughs> right now. But he um, uh, he said he's feeling fine. He just, he just, I mean, his voice is like four octaves lower than usual uh, today. What yeah, should he do? Drainage. Should he be gargling? I, I tell well, anyone ever complains to me about anything, you know, just hanging around with you. I feel qualified to give medical advice now. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I just tell no matter what the issue is, I just tell people to gargle. Well, gargling is not a bad idea. Lots of fluids definitely is. And what happens when we have sinus infections and we get congested, we breathe through our mouth all night. So now we have the back of our throat. It's all irritated and dry, and that's why their voice sounds terrible. By the end of the day, his voice is probably back to normal as Mm. he hydrates up and gets rid of some of that inflammation. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, More importantly, he's not uh, in danger of infecting uh, Shawnee or me, right? As long as you keep him a distance from you, he'll be fine. Okay. We need to do a little social distancing with the Andy this morning. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these are all... You know, contagious illnesses that we used to see all the time. Think about how many times you had, quote unquote, a common cold or a sinus infection. Now we're starting to see those come back again. So, Andy, in your uh, sports booth uh, in there, we're going to tape it off and uh, completely quarantine you in there this morning. A little Clorox, a little Lysol. Yeah, we'll we'll put that in there, too, but we're, we're taping the room off. A little cone of silence, Sounds yes. Good. Yeah, you're <laughs> going to be in the cone of silence. Exactly <laughs> correct. So, uh, Kev, this week uh, the CDC came out and lowered uh, all of uh, the warnings, you know, that we've been living with for the past uh, couple of years. Uh, wh- what's your take on some of their new recommendations, which is really kind of getting back to normal, uh, you know, pre-COVID, I should say? Yeah, it is. You know, and some of us are a little disappointed thinking that we took a step back probably too early with school coming into session here in the next couple of weeks across the country. Um, and certainly it's a sign of, okay, this is going to be here forever. Now, instead of the CDC and FDA telling you what to do, you as individuals are going to have to take some ownership. So, you know, the estimates right now is about 40% of this country is back to, you know, their their pre-COVID routines anyways. So, you know, 95% of us have either been infected or have some protection. And we've seen the hospitalizations obviously, you know, continue to be very low. But um, I personally am a little disappointed. I think coming into cold and flu season and going back to school, I think we're going to see an impact 
mainly on the workforce uh, versus the hospitalization. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, the, the positive side of that is that it seems like when people test, po- uh, test positive for COVID now, uh, it's not uh, serious like it was. Uh, they have symptoms. They stay home and quarantine themselves for a little while so they don't pass it around. But uh, it, at least it doesn't seem to be as serious uh, as it was. Correct. You know, and now we have some, you know, other things. Paxil did there certainly for those individuals who are older who could have vulnerabilities can knock this out quicker. Um, and I think we do. I think we as a country now have, have learned that when we get an illness, if we isolate, we're going to slow the spread of that. So hopefully just some common sense will get us through this flu season as well. Okay. Um, let's uh, take a, a quick call related yeah, to all of this. Dan, are you there? Hi, Dan. You're on WGN. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I had a question. My question. Are you there, Dan? Hello. And matching. Good morning. Yes, my question is how much testing had been done on the mixing and matching of the different vaccines um, that people are taking? So that was my question. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, Dan. You know, early on, we were all saying, make sure you stay with the same one. And then the government did do, I shouldn't say the government, NIH did a large study on saying, what if we do mix and match? And the mixing and matching came out quite well. You gained about 1%. So really, in the big picture of things, it didn't make a huge difference. The big thing that they're looking at right now, Dan, is the mixing and matching matching with the Novavax because many people didn't get that booster because they got uncomfortable side effects. So they said, I'm not going to get a booster. What we're trying to do now is show that mixing with the Novavax not only gets you better protection, but you have a lower side effect profile. Mm. So certainly the studies were done to make sure that we gained or stayed the same as far as protection. Um, and now certainly we're going to try to get those individuals who were hesitant to get that booster because of side effects, looking at what if they got their boosted with Novavax, which would have less side effects. That's the biggest one we're waiting for right now. It should be out in the next two weeks. On the subject of vaccinations and these lower CDC guidelines now, uh, you know, I, I can see people going, eh, you know, I didn't get my booster. They're lowering the, you know, the, the, the uh, recommendations now. Eh, maybe I'll pass on the, on the booster. Is that a good idea? Dean, I think that's probably one of the key points right there is people are saying, oh, boy, the government, I, can't, I keep saying government, I shouldn't be saying that. The CDC releasing or lowering these, maybe I don't need that. And right. certainly it is not the way. Um, and now we're going to have even more people who are hesitant saying, well, with these changes and this new vaccine coming out in September, I am going to wait. So uh, it, it's a tough one. I tell people get vaccinated and get your protection as much as you can. But certainly there's going to be a lot of confusion at this point. And individuals who are kind of on the fence, you know, it's going to be one where they're going to wait until the new vaccine comes out where they're going to get protection from BA5 as well as the original COVID strain. Okay, so uh, go, go ahead. Uh, if you haven't gotten your boosters, the, the way that you stay uh, relatively healthy and avoid serious consequences should you test positive is by going ahead and getting your full regimen of uh, vaccinations and boosters, right? 100%. You know, we look at hospitalizations right now. Individuals who are in for COVID-related symptoms are unvaccinated, about 98% of them. Mm. So certainly those numbers are low, and that portion of the population is shrinking. But certainly you want to do everything you can to prevent it. And 
you know, you had it. it. It's not a fun disease to have, and that's why we get flu shots as well. So, you know, giving yourself the protection that you can and the fear of long COVID it should be in the back of everyone's mind as well. You know, uh, the 708 area code texts in, uh, my friend has COVID, is 70 years old, has tested positive, called his doctor who told him since his symptoms are mild to just wait it out because uh, Paxlovid has lots of side effects. Is that true, and does this sound like good advice to you? Uh, you know, I mean, I hate to Monday morning quarterback another doctor, but, you know, the, the side effects for Paxlovid are not that bad for the most part. Certainly some people get a bad metallic taste. You know, other people have no problems with it whatsoever. And really what this drug does is it stops or slows that viral replication. So if I was 70 years old, I'm at a high risk already. That's saying that you're a healthy 70-year-old with no other comorbidities. Now, if that individual is on statin drugs or some other drugs that may interact with Paxlovid, it's probably the right thing. But if not, uh, I would say let's not let the virus run rampant in somebody whose immune system may be, you know, uh, not as strong as a healthy 30-year-old. Uh, 708 also texts in, we are going on a Mediterranean cruise in October. We're 65. Should we get Paxlovid to take with us? <laughs> Well, unfortunately, you can't. You know, a lot of people used to be able to say, oh, I'm going to take, I'm going to get a prescription for Tamiflu, and I'm going to hold on to that in case I get influenza. Paxlovid, they're really getting a much tighter control on that to make sure that we have enough for those individuals who are actually sick and need the drug. Mm. So um, people aren't writing prescriptions for those to say, here, in case you need this, hang on to it. That being said, Paxlovid is around the world, and certainly I would think that if it's a large cruise ship, there's a good possibility that there's going to be a, a physician and a pharmacy on that cruise ship to distribute the drug if needed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we'll get to uh, more calls regarding vaccinations. 312-981-7200 with Dr. Kevin Most. Dr. Kevin Most is always joining us here on Sunday morning to talk about uh, all kinds of health issues. And uh, we have got Gene on the phone line on WGN. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I have a question about the polio vaccine. Uh, I'm a senior. When I was young, I remember seeing quarantine signs on doors, and in the movies, you'd, they were passing out uh, plates uh, while showing people that were in iron lungs. Now, I know polio appears to be coming back. Should those of us that were uh, young and polio vaccine was not available, should be getting polio vaccines now? Gene, it is a fascinating question that is unknown right now. And okay. I would say no. I would, I would currently say no just because of the number of cases. You know, we have one case in New York. But certainly it is highlighting um, the need to, to make sure that we vaccinate kids. You know, people born before 1955, that was when the polio vaccine came out. We started using the oral polio vaccine initially. We got away from that and went to shots. Kids now get shots at two, four, six, and uh, months of age, or two, four, 12 months of age, and then somewhere between the ages of four and six. Um, but certainly, if we see this huge outbreak, you know, we'll certainly start to look at that. But our focus right now is making sure that the children are vaccinated. So um, I wouldn't be rushing out, nor is anyone going to give you that vaccine at this time. But certainly, it's got our attention when we're finding it in UK as well as in New York. And we're starting to see more of the polio virus out there in the community. Yeah. Is that the, the vaccine, Kev, that we got when we were kids that left us all with a little scar on our shoulder? 
Yes, yeah, so that was smallpox. But if you look oh, at it, remember yeah. oral polio? We used to just get the couple drops in your mouth. Was the um, was the uh, uh, the way we got the vaccine? And that was a live vaccine. So what they found is that some of those live vaccines mutated and can ended up causing polio in some individuals. Mm. So we in the United States got away from the oral polio and now went to the shots. Oral polio vaccine is still used around the country or around the world just because of availability. Um, but certainly we want to make sure we curtail this illness as much as we can now. So you think uh, that we shouldn't be overly concerned about that right now? Keep an eye on it, but not be overly concerned right now. Oh, correct. One hundred percent. You know, one case in New York for individual that was unvaccinated, an adult that was unvaccinated. You know, uh, certainly we're going to continue to monitor and look for it. But really, we're just highlighting to parents to make sure that their kids get the entire uh, spectrum of vaccinations that protect them. Got it. Gene, thank you for the call. This is Nancy. You're on WGN. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, doctor, I have MDS, which is basically a uh, blood cancer. And with my very low platelets, they won't allow me to have the shot. I had I had the first booster, uh, all of the shots and the first booster, and they wouldn't let me do the second booster. My platelets actually went down to like 1,000. Now, with this situation, and you're just talking about oral vaccines with the polio, is there any chance of a um, of the vaccines going into an oral or a spray for someone like me? Nancy, you, you were you you had my answer before I even gave you the opportunity to. And I'm sorry that you have MDS, and certainly you know that type where we're concerned about bruising. We're also concerned about the immune system there. <clears throat> so I understand why your doctor is saying being hesitant there and saying protect yourself in other ways. But yes, they are working on a nasal spray for COVID. Um, it's in the clinical trials right now. I'm not sure when it's actually going to be out. Um, but certainly, uh, as soon as it is, I would talk to your physician because, you know, you wouldn't be getting the shot at that point. Um, and, and, you know, that might be an opportunity for you. And I would expect, you know, it's been in the works for a few months now. I would expect that they, they have data out very soon. So certainly look for that um, opportunity. And it will make big news when it's approved. That's for sure. That's great. I did have COVID back at Christmas, but I don't know how uh, long that immunity might last. Yeah, if you had it at Christmas, the downside there at Christmas was the Delta variant was the predominant variant at that time. And now BA5 has really popped up and is about 90% of the cases here over the past few months. So still be very careful because even with the Delta, even with any protection you have, you could still get the BA5. So um, I would be still be very careful, as I'm sure you are, knowing the illness that you have, you know, making sure that you're masking and be careful who you're around. Yeah. Gene, thank you so much. Nancy, Dr. thank you for the call, and good luck to you with all of that. I was at the theater last night, uh, Kevin. That, you know, big signs when you walked into the auditorium theater. Uh, masks are mandatory. You must wear masks. Uh, you go inside, and not even half the people were paying attention to the sign. <laughs> I, I, I had my mask on. It's like, should I take my mask off? Nobody's wearing their mask in here. I left mine on I, because I would feel guilty talking to you today if I, <laughs> if I didn't have my mask on when I knew I was supposed to. Yeah. Well, people have to understand still, although we made these changes and we're cutting back a little bit, that there still is the recommendation when you're in a high transmission county that you should wear masks when indoors in large gatherings, which is exactly what you were in last night. 
So we still have 40%, 45% of this country is still at high transmission rate so that the expectation or the recommendation is you will mask when you're inside in a large gathering. Whether people are doing it or not, you know, you, you just proved it right there saying, you know, no. Um, but certainly the, we're going to have, remember we always talk about super spreader events. Right. You're going to start to see more of these right now as we see some of these uh, mitigations lax. Yeah, if I'm if I'm inside a crowded place, I I, I wear my mask. I don't, I don't care what the CDC is saying these days. <laughs> uh, our text line uh, says, uh, "Have had both vaccines and one booster. My uh, will will my second booster cover the new strain? Should I get it now? I was told by my physician to wait until October. It's not, I mean, it's not even available right now, is it?" Correct. It's not available. It'll be available September, October. So I can understand the physician there. You've already been boosted once. So certainly that if you got boosted today, it does not have the BA5 in it. So what that physician is saying, you know what, you're covered really well right now. I want you to wait until we get coverage for the BA5, which will be September, October. So certainly a lot of physicians are leaning this way. Um, and I would follow the recommendations of your doctor. He, he knows your health history better than I do. But certainly a booster now will not protect you from BA5, but the booster in October will. 773 area code. I still have ringing in my ears after my Pfizer vaccination last October. Anything more coming out regarding the side effect? Yes. Yeah, so that's exactly what we we're talking about before about the Novavax and saying if there were less side effects from that vaccine. Now, ringing in the ears was one that some individuals got because of their neurologic uh, impact of this illness. Um, and it sometimes has resolved in people. There's no real treatment for it, unfortunately. But if you're an individual who is at high risk, then certainly I would look to say, okay, is the Novavax vaccine better for me? Because now I'm going to get the protection without the side effect profile from the mRNA uh, vaccines. So certainly talk to your doctor um, to see if that's an option. This is Jim here on WGM with Dr. Kevin Most. Hi, Jim. Hey, how are you guys today? Good. Uh, sorry, I'm out of my walk here. That's okay. hey, uh, Good for my you. Question, I know I'm trying to get there. Try to get out of that obese category. There you go. Hey, uh, anyway, a uh, question for doctors. Why, would stick it, why is it taking so long to get those 50 and under people getting their fourth vaccine, the second booster? It doesn't make sense to me. These are the people that are spreading it around and because they're at all the events. Jim, Jim, you're spot on. And as a matter of fact, if you listen to Dean on a regular basis, I said this about a month ago saying the CDC is going to recommend 50 and under this week. <clears throat> well, I take the egg off my face because what they did is they looked at it and said, all right, it's a healthy group right now. They're doing okay. BA5 is not too bad. Let's have them wait until the vaccine is available for both BA5 and for COVID. I'm not sure I agree with it, but certainly that's the, the thought that they took and the thought that they're going to stand on. But you're really spot on. This 39 to 50-year-old group is the group that is really spreading the illness right now, so trying to protect them as much as possible. But the CDC, I think, is taking the argument of, hey, you know what, let's make sure we had a vaccine that will protect them from BA5 and we'll wait these six weeks or eight weeks before we have that in the hopes that the spread slows. And uh, uh, props to uh, him, by the way, out on a Sunday morning getting his steps in. You got to you got to applaud that. Absolutely. You know, I should probably should have led with that, Jim. Congrats and good for you to get out there. I think you said something is fighting a little obesity. 
hey, you know what, it's diet and exercise. They're going to take that down, take down your blood pressure, make you at less risk for any COVID stuff as well. So good for you, and we should all be doing that. I went for my walk early this morning and at least knocked out those. Good for you. Good for you both. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with uh, with just about a minute left here, uh, Kev, what do we need to know about uh, the monkeypox right now? Yeah, you know, I think you're going to continue to see monkeypox cases uh, just continue to spread and increase. The reason being is that there's this three-week lag from when you're exposed to when you are uh, get the symptoms. And certainly we're going to see the vaccine not be as available as we need it. So certainly one of the big things that we've changed in the past week is that instead of getting the full dose of vaccine, like we talked last week, they did approve so that the vaccine can now be given to five individuals instead of just one by going just under the skin. So certainly, hopefully that will slow the spread, but it's still going to take a couple of months before we get it under control. All right. We'll keep uh, our eye on that story. Uh, Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital. Always a pleasure. Enjoy your Sunday there, my friend. Thanks, Gene. We'll talk soon.